Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined with my husband and co-host, Josiah Josiah, there's always a grin on your face. How are you feeling today? Today's a great day. Sunshine. I'm loving life. I get to be here with you. We've got an amazing guest. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. We'll be airing this in December. So should I say, let it snow, let it snow? Let's I love it. the snow. So I don't know if anybody else listening is, but. <laughs> it's Christmas in like this heart every day. Every she, day. Yes. You're right. <laughs> hey, Christmas in July can't come soon enough. So. Before we go on, Josiah, I just want you to introduce an amazing guest. You have been following this individual. You have been um, just being influenced by their leadership, whether he knows it or not. He's probably impacting hundreds and thousands of people as we speak. But Josiah, without further ado, who do we have on the other side of this conversation today? We're really excited to welcome Matt Novelet to the show today. Matt is the director of the Living Room at Buckhead Church in Atlanta. And um, he's born and raised kind of Midwest, St. Louis, Missouri. Matt has a passion to help students discover what a lot of us have a passion to help mm-hmm. students discover, which is um, what it looks like to live for what matters most. He has a background in education with a degree in religion at the Liberty University. He and his wife, Anna, have a daughter named Willow. Cute. And uh, you can often find them watching sports or checking out the best restaurants in town. We'll have to come back to that after the (laughs) intro. But when you think about it, college can be an isolating experience. It's possible to be surrounded by people and still lonely. There aren't many places where you can experience deep, meaningful relationships and community while having honest conversation about the deeper issues of life. So the living room in Atlanta exists to be a home away from home for students, a place to belong. So Matt, welcome. Thanks for saying yes to the invitation, and it's great to have time with you today. Absolutely. Um, Josiah, Micah, thank you so much for having me on today, and I'm super excited. Uh, I know this is dropping in December, so Merry Christmas to all the listeners. (laughs) That's awesome. And uh, yeah, it's great to be here and uh, super excited for this conversation. Perfect. So Matt, before we get started, I just have to know, what is your favorite barbecue place down south? Oh, wow. So um, as Josiah mentioned, I'm from St. Louis and barbecue is uh, pretty, pretty popular in St. Louis for sure. There's a ton of really good barbecue spots. But since moving to Atlanta about four years ago, I've had some really good barbecue down here as well. Um, my favorites, uh, gosh, this is really, really hard because I, I love barbecue and there's so many um, really good barbecue places. The probably the 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 most common answer that people would say was a place called Fox Brothers Barbecue in Atlanta. Fox Brothers is amazing. Um, my favorite local barbecue spot, which is just like right down the street from where I live, is called Dixie Q. Um, so Dixie Q is really really good too. But I would say Fox Brothers is like when you talk about barbecue in Atlanta, it seems like that's always in the conversation. So. That's hey, it. That, that'll be on our bucket list. So if you're a listener and you're ever down south, check out Andy Stanley's church or the team right here. You can check out a couple barbecue places. We've only been to the Fox Brothers. Yeah, we, we were told that's like the gold standard in Atlanta. Yep. Now, it. What is it called one more time? Fox Brothers. So oh, I've only other. had it. I've, oh, the other one, Dixie Q. Dixie, Dixie Q. Q. We got to yep. check out Dixie Q next time. 
I wrote yeah. it down. I wrote it down. Well, now for a real more serious conversation. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. My mind wanders. But Matt, will you just kick off just sharing your story with the audience today? Maybe your journey of life, faith, leadership, and family as we just continue on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as Josiah said, born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and a great family, um, loving mom and dad who have been married for over 40 years now. Um, I have one sister named Katie who's five years older than me. And so coming out of high school, um, definitely did not think I was going to go into ministry. My dad was a pastor, kind of grew up a, a preacher's kid for the majority of my life. And um, Loved it. Had an amazing experience um, in church growing up. Loved being a pastor's kid. Uh, it was awesome, but just didn't think that was for me. I was super shy, um, so never could envision myself speaking on a stage. That was like the last thing I wanted to do. And uh, but thought I was going to be a teacher and kind of went to um, school. Was started out college, um, going down the path um, to get my degree in education. Uh, honestly, wanted to be a gym teacher and a basketball coach. I thought that would be the, the dream life. If I could be a, a high school gym teacher and a basketball coach, I was like, what could be better? Like just sports all day long. I'm a huge sports fan. And so uh, first uh, couple of years of community college, I was taking education courses and did an internship after my freshman year of college um, at, with a, a nonprofit summer camp called Big Stuff. Uh, which is actually based out of uh, Alpharetta, Georgia, which is um, just outside of Atlanta. And so interned that summer at Big Stuff Camps down in Panama City Beach. Um, so all summer long, there's about 13 to 15,000 high school and middle school students that came through for about nine or 10 straight weeks of camp. And so that was an amazing experience for me. And kind of coming out of that summer, I came back and just felt like God was maybe redirecting me a little bit and wasn't sure what he was trying to, to, to get what path he was guiding me down. But basically my dad, when I came back was like, Hey, um, I feel like God's stirring something up in you. And in two weeks, you're going to preach at the next uh, student service at the church. So get ready. You're doing it. I don't care. Go for it. And I remember being like, wait, what? And he was like, just, just do it. It might be awful, but just do it. And so I did it. And it was one of the most like terrifying experiences of my life leading up to it. But I actually kind of enjoyed it. And so that kind of started a journey uh, over the next, I'd say probably two to three years of just saying yes to opportunities in ministry. So I, I hosted uh, in our children's ministry almost every week, which was amazing experience. People say a lot of times like, hey, how do you grow as a communicator? I think the best way to grow as a communicator is just to communicate as much as you possibly can. And for me, um, learning how to effectively speak to uh, kindergarten through fifth graders was probably the best uh, communication training I, I could ever have. Like if you can keep, keep a first grader's attention, then you can definitely keep an adult's attention. So um, anyways, so that kind of started for me and I shifted and uh, ended up going to school uh, Liberty Online uh, to get my degree in biblical studies and theology. And then, yeah, um, was ended up going on staff at my dad's church for a few years um, and was the, the middle school and high school pastor. And then about four years ago, moved to Atlanta, Georgia with my wife. And we uh, both now work at, at Buckhead Church here in Atlanta, which is a, a campus of North Point Ministries. Andy Stanley is our, our senior pastor. And so it's been an amazing experience. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of my journey as far as uh, ministry goes. Accepted Christ when I was 10 years old and, um, and, and then kind of have been obviously on a journey of following him ever since. And um, so that's, that's kind of my faith and ministry experience, I guess, in a quick 
three minute snapshot. Matt, I love it. That's amazing. And you know, what stood out to me about your story is you had this youth pastor is just like, Hey, just do it. Like yep, yep. go preach. And, and you're also wearing a Nike t-shirt. Not everyone can see that. We're just using the audio yeah. right now, but as we see your face, we're like, Hey, man, that might be a motto of words to live by for, for is, Hey, go for it. And my follow-up to that is, so you started out in ministry saying yes, um, available, mm-hmm. teachable, excitable, and just working with kids, working with camps, um, working with middle and high school. And then all of a sudden now you're in college ministry within yeah. the church at Buckhead. And I just want to ask like, what was that adjustment period like, or how did you end up finding yourself leading the living room in Atlanta? Yeah, man, that's such a good question. So, um, yeah, I basically, I got a call, um, about four and a half years ago from, um, my now boss, his name is Brad Horton. He's been in college ministry for a long time. I was leading the living room here at Buckhead church for, um, about 11 years. And he just called me and we kind of had a, a friendship through a friendship. And so my wife was really good friends with his wife. And so we kind of knew each other, had connected a few times and he just reached out and said, Hey, would you ever be interested in going into college ministry, being a college pastor? And I was like, man, I don't know. I didn't go away to school. Um, like I have some experience of, of, of being in ministry and right. helping college students. And uh, just because at the church I was at, we didn't have a lot of colleges nearby, but over the summer, a lot of college students would come back home for the summer. And so I would get the opportunity to kind of, um, yeah, minister to college students throughout the summer months. But yeah, basically it was just like, man, I don't know, but I'll pray about it. And so we started praying about it, my wife and I, and, um, and basically just felt God kind of tug us and, and keep challenging us to take the next step. And so said yes to this conversation, which led to another conversation, which led to me flying down a couple times to Atlanta from St. Louis to interview. And long story short, after a few months of kind of going through that interview process, um, got the offer and um, jumped right in. So started here at uh, the end of um, 2016 and have been leading kind of leading the college ministry ever since here at Buckhead. And so it's been amazing. Sorry, there's a, a massive storm happening in the background right now. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but it, it just thundered and lightning so loud. And so, um, but yeah, it's been an amazing journey. And now uh, I feel like I, I can't imagine ministering to any other age group. I love college students. I love being on college campuses, get the opportunity to be on a bunch of campuses around the Atlanta area. We have about um, eight or nine different colleges that we reach uh, here at the living room at Buckhead Church. So there's a lot of schools around Atlanta. Obviously, there's some really big schools like Georgia State and Georgia Tech, um, but then there's a bunch of other smaller campuses as well. So it's been amazing, and it's been really, really cool to see how God has, has led me down this path and um, kind of stirred my heart for um, college ministry. Matt, I think that's so amazing to hear that it started in prayer. Everything starts in prayer. I think for the listener today to be reminded that everything can start in prayer and that passion and those opportunities and those friendships that you really didn't even know you had. Like you shared, well, my wife was friends with his wife and now he's my boss. And this is how we got to where we are. And I think sometimes when you're in ministry along the way, whether you've experienced or not, maybe our listeners have, and I'm sure Josiah and I have questioned that at times of why? Why do we do what we do? Why am I passionate about young adults or the next generation? So Matt, I just want to follow that with what's your personal why in regards to why you do what you do? Mm, That's such a great question. Yeah, the why is so important. If you don't know the why, then you're not going to have much passion for the what. And so 
for me, um, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's really just, um, I have a, a, a real passion to see people come to know Jesus and to know what life with him can look like. And college is such a unique, pivotal season of life. Mm-hmm. Um, for so many, it's the first time when they're away from their family, um, kind of away from their community that they've always known. And it's a time when they're starting to, to really ask the big, tough questions and um, figure out, okay, what do I believe? Why do I believe what I say I believe? Um, how do I process through this that I experienced in, in the past, this hurt, this pain? What is my future going to look like? All of those things. And so for me, the why is just, um, I, I love getting to help um, people take next steps in, in moving forward in their faith, whatever that might be, whether that's a next step of putting their faith in Jesus or a next step of, of getting involved in community that's centered around Jesus, or maybe it's just the next step of showing up um, consistently to a gathering like the living room, or yeah. maybe a next step of having a conversation with someone. And so that's kind of the why for me is, is it's just... Um, there is nothing like helping someone um, discover um, what I think matters most, which is a relationship with Jesus. And, and uh, it's so much fun getting to see people come alive to that and come alive to their purpose of why they're here on this earth and maybe what God's designed them uniquely to do. And so for me, that's my why is just to uh, help people go on that journey and um, come alive and realize what God's created them um, to do and who he's created them to be. It's wonderful. And I look at just, you're in a perfect spot of an outlet where you get to do what you're passionate about and you get to see lives across different campuses, um, you know, every Monday night. And so Matt, if somebody's never been to a Monday night at the living room or they've never been to Buckhead church in Atlanta area, could you describe what Monday nights look like and kind of just your framework for the college ministry? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Monday nights uh, at the living room are awesome. Um, obviously, when you get um, any amount of college students together, there is a uh, tangible energy in the room. For sure. Um, they have, uh, we meet at 8 p.m. on Monday nights, which many of our adult volunteers and even myself, I'm like, man, this is kind of late. Like, service is going until 9 or 9.15. And, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm in bed by 9 or 9.15. <laughs> uh, but for college students, they're like, 8 p.m.? Like, what? You know, like, I just woke up a few hours ago. <laughs> so anyways, but, uh, but yeah, typical Monday night, we have um, a few hundred students, around five or 600 students that come each week. And from, like I said, about eight or nine different campuses all around the, the metro Atlanta area, uh, Georgia State and Georgia Tech are kind of our two main campuses. But um, we also reach a bunch of students from from Spelman and Clark, Clark Atlanta and Morehouse and all these other different schools um, around the Atlanta area. And so it, it, a lot of them um, don't have transportation right. um, going to school in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it's just it's expensive to have transportation. Uh, it's hard to navigate the city. And so we actually send shuttles to to some of our campuses each week to pick up students from campus, bring them to the church and then bring them back at the end of the night. So. Um, a whole bunch of our students come on the shuttles. And so students come each week. We serve them dinner um, before uh, the, the gathering begins. So that can be anything from Chick-fil-A sandwiches to pizza to, to wings, um, all, all sorts of different types of food. And then, um, and then service starts at 8 p.m. And we have uh, worship and teaching and then small groups that meet right after um, as well. And then, um, yeah, so it's, it's a lot kind of crammed into a couple hours, um, but it's amazing. And we really do, like you said up top, we, we try to be 
uh, home away from home for college age students. And what we, what we mean by that is, is um, we think home is um, more than just a, a place, but home is really somewhere where you come, where you know family lives. Uh, it's a place where you know you belong. It's a place where you can be the real you. And so that's what we want to be for um, college age adults is we want to be a home away from home for them in this season of their life. And we really, really want them to come in and feel like they belong and feel like they can connect with other people in a very similar season of life. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of a high level of what the living room is like. And, uh, man, I love it. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love the, the vision that comes with that. While you're talking, what students seem to be lacking is community. So when they're able to do community together, I mean, check this out. You get on the shuttle, you drive to the living room, you hang out, you get some food, you do whatever, and then you drive back because there's so much drive time I've learned in ministry is significant. So if I can oh, pick yeah. up a student on the way to our event or a uh, like a car full of students, there's so much more depth than just sure. showing up or figuring out your own way. So. I just think that that is so fun to hear that a community is coming together and that you guys are able to provide those opportunities and the home away from home, I think is what every single college student needs. Yeah. Even if they are, live in that state, Matt, but they don't have a secure family where they can be themselves, they have a second family or maybe this becomes their primary family. So I just think that's super fun to think about. And one thing I think many of our listeners wrestle with wrestle with or can struggle with at times is having a contagious atmosphere where where people want to be like what is the buzz i think it's not just the food it's not just the conversations but it's to know that god is moving the holy spirit's present i'm going to walk away with uh, maybe a lifelong friendship i'm going to walk away with direction from god so matt i'd be curious to hear how have you guys um for, like as the living room how have you guys created a contagious community that keeps you know it keeps giving but keeps bringing people through those doors yeah yeah um yeah i think that's that's huge and i think one of the main um ways we've we've gone about that and trying to create a place where people want to come and a place where people want to come back and a place where they want to bring their friends um, right. especially we want to be we say this all the time around um, north point and buckhead church is that, um, I said North Point because it's part of North Point Ministries. That's the <laughs> umbrella for those people who don't know. They're like, wait, what are you talking about? I'm at Buckhead Church, but we're a part of North Point Ministries. And we want to be a church that unchurched people love to attend. Um, so good. And so um, one of the things that, that we're always thinking about and one of the things I think about is I want to assume, um, I think you assume the, who's in the room. So just by your language, you can kind of um, create who's going to feel comfortable and being in the room. So one of the things that I'll say every single week, and I think this, this kind of plays right into what you're talking about, about creating a contagious community uh, for people is that almost every week from stage, whether it's in the message or during hosting up top, the welcome, whatever, whatever part of the night it might be, I'll say something along the lines of, Hey, the living room is a place. Um, we want this to be a home away from home for you. It's a place where you belong before you believe, or even if you never do. And so I think just by saying a line like that of, Hey, this is really a place that's designed for you. And it's a place where you can belong before you believe, or even if you never do, I think immediately that makes it kind of a contagious atmosphere where people feel like, okay, wow, whether I am a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ or whether I have no clue who Jesus is, and this is kind of my first time really ever even hearing about him. Um, they can feel comfortable and feel like, man, I can go on a safe journey 
of discovering what faith looks like to me. And so I think the language that you use helps create a contagious community. Um, I think making sure that your volunteers are bought in with the vision. And uh, we have some of the best volunteers in the world. Um, People that just every single week when when people walk through the doors, they're just ready to serve them whatever way they possibly can. Uh, They're ready to engage with them. They're they're willing to extend a smile or a hug or maybe post-COVID and an elbow bump. I don't know what that's going to look like. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think the language that you use and kind of just the environment that you create, whether it's with um, just the atmosphere um, that you create, literally like the physical, how it looks, but also how it feels. And I think the way that you kind of, we say this to our volunteers um, a lot, that they have the opportunity to be a thermostat rather than a thermometer. And so there's a big difference there. And that's probably not a new, um, I know that that phrase gets thrown around around a lot, but where you can actually set the temperature when you walk into the room, you can kind of feel out, Hey, what, 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 how does the room feel right now? And we challenge our volunteers um, to always be a thermostat and to come in and set the temperature that they want to see in the room. So bring energy, but also bring authenticity, authenticity and, um, and just, um, just love, love the people well that come through the doors. And so, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's what I'd say on how you go about um, creating a contagious community. You know, you talked about Matt words mattering. And I think of like just a framework that I've learned from college. Pastor Nate Roosh was my um, youth homiletics professor. And he said, he said this, you want to think through language like logos, spoken right. words like you talk about words that stick or the the words that you speak from the stage or just mm-hmm. home away from home or being a church that unchurched people love to attend and then like the ethos the environment of how does this vibe feel when people walk in the door what do they feel mm-hmm. environmentally or mm-hmm. ethos and then pathos of just like the experience and the community and what they maybe remember afterwards. And so that logos, ethos, and pathos, if you can craft language and, you know, having vision cast for volunteers. And I remember Mike and I were traveling, we were on vacation, we were in Florida and we met, we were on, I think the shuttle to the airport. We met a guy named Will who attends um, the Woodstock location of the living room and he volunteers. And this, this guy plays music and he's contagious in and of himself, but he was the one that told us about the living room. And what stood out to me is he was telling me that like at his campus, like they would sometimes on Instagram, they would throw out like Uber passes. I didn't know about shuttles until today, (laughs) but you guys would throw out like Uber or Lyft coupons where people could, hey, if you need a ride, here's your ride. We're really all excuses. And he also just talked about like the thrust of the living room was was really to reach campuses. And so as you are a part of the local church, I'm curious how you've prayed into this, pioneered into this, and also paved inroads onto college campuses in the Atlanta area because look, Matt, so many young leaders, maybe they're on staff at a church or maybe they're serving a local campus. They got into ministry because they love people. They love relationships. So how could they maybe take tangible next steps for creating those relationships with college ministries or with campuses or with students? Yeah, absolutely. So that's funny. You mentioned the lift codes. Um, We do lift as well. And so shuttles are kind of our main thing, but we also 
uh, each week, offer lift codes, discount yeah. codes that can help people. Again, we're just trying to, um, we, we've realized that one of the main obstacles that stand in the way from a college student coming in and being a part of the living room and coming to our gatherings uh, on Monday nights is, is transportation. And so we do everything we can uh, to try to help them out there or even provide it if we can. And uh, which is also why we do dinner because that was another big obstacle. And so we're like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll try to feed wow. you or at least give you something for, for many students that are coming for the, 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 the college dude. Um, the one Chick-fil-A sandwich may not be enough, but we're like, well, we're, we're, we're doing the best we can. But anyways, back to your question. Um, yeah, I think if I say this all the time, but if your church um, is near a college campus, then I think it's at least worth considering what it could look like for you to have a college ministry. Yeah. Um, and I know that for many, it might be like, well, what's that going to look like? Would people come? Would there be any type of um, interest? I don't know. But again, I think it's worth at least considering because I think you may be surprised um, by how many college students um, are looking for something and they're looking for people that can, can walk through this season alongside them with them over this their, their college experience and so for us um one of the way one of the things we try to do is just we we call it campus engagement and we literally will just be on campus as much as we possibly can and um at a couple of our main campuses at georgia state and georgia tech we're actually affiliated like as a, a campus organization um so we're a part of religious life at these campuses. We're, we're obviously not on campus. We don't meet on campus. We don't have a house on campus, anything like that. But we went through the process of becoming a registered student organization. And that's huge. That allows you to um, go to orientations and um, set tables up on campus for different promotional events that they have, all of that. Um, but even so at other campuses still, um, there's some opportunities where you can, um, put up posters or put up, uh, A-frame signs around campus and we do all of that. So it sounds, um, it sounds kind of like grunt work and it sounds hard and it's a grind. It really is like going out on Monday mornings at all different campuses, putting posters up in different classroom halls and uh, setting signs up along, you know, busy walkways, setting up a table and handing out cards and, um, you know, candy, like that, that's a grind. But, but we really feel like um, campus engagement is huge. And, uh, and I feel like when it comes to, a co to college students, you can't just have a really cool Instagram or um, promote your, your really cool gathering. You really have to go where they are and you have to begin yeah. to develop relationships with them and, uh, and I think once you do that, then that's when they, they'll be more willing to, to, to maybe come where you are and to come to your gathering and to kind of now start to um, carry the vision that you're trying to cast. But for us, um, man, it's so important to be on campus as much as we possibly can. So That's great, Matt. I think from us transitioning from working at a local church to then going into Chi Alpha, yep. which is a ministry that, you know, we can be on college camp, our yep. college campus. It's like, it's reverse thinking. It's like, I need to, they don't come to my table first. I need to go and meet them at theirs, so which is their college yeah, campus. And when they see you on campus and they see those flyers, they see those, you know, posters and everything up, hopefully their fear um, decreases and you're not a threat and your their curiosity is increased by what is this group? What are they doing? And why do they, that's fun to love Jesus. Like, you know, they, they hopefully will see things, you know, and feel comfortable walking into the living room. Or if you're a listener, um, these are very, very easy, but like he said, grinding every single day to get these things done and to know that 
we have an opportunity to to see what God's going to do. We never know who's going to come through our doors or how they're going to get there um, and hopefully see their lives completely changed. And we totally. know that for every single listener, everybody on the globe has been impacted by COVID. And so COVID-19 has definitely um, forced us to become more creative. It's forced us to get on our knees and really get in the prayer room of, Lord, how do we truly reach college students if we maybe aren't allowed on their campus because, well, they're doing all online this fall, you know, or they're doing a hybrid or they don't yeah. want, you know, strangers coming in if they're not students, you know. So however that looks as a listener, I just have a question for you, Matt, about um, COVID-19 and how that has impacted you guys specifically and what adjustments and, and shifts have you had to make during this season like everybody else? Is there any tidbit of information that you're like, oh my word, like this is where it's at. This is working. Or maybe you've had some failures along the way. I think we've yeah. seen some, some of those <laughs> cool. dead ends. We're cool. like, oh, we thought this would be cool. It's Zoom for two hours. Well, they're Zoomed out. Hello. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Zoom fatigue is a real thing. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> um, yeah, we, I mean, we, we're, def we're definitely learning a lot. I feel like we're, we're always learning a lot, but especially in this season. I mean, I don't know about for you or for anyone listening, but this is my first time ever trying to lead college students in the midst of a pandemic. Um, I've, never, I've never done this before. Yeah, this is a new thing. And so, um, yeah, there's not like a, a, a real playbook for how this um, should be done or what you should do or what you should not do. And mm -hmm. so um, I think it's, it's um, if there's anything I've learned, I'm learning that it's, it's, you're going to fail and, um, and it's okay to try things and then to say, okay, that didn't work. Let's go back to the drawing board. And so for us, you know, obviously we had to quickly um, halt any in-person indoor gatherings right. immediately. Um, so our spring semester was cut, cut short at the living room. And, um, and then summer looked very different for us. Usually in the summer we are um, at orientations at Georgia Tech and Georgia State. Every single new incoming freshman orientation were there. And so that usually ends up being about, 40 or so orientations throughout the summer, um, all orientations got canceled and they all went online. And so for us, we were like, well, how are we going to connect with incoming freshmen? Because that's yes. really kind of the bread and butter when it comes to growing a college ministry is you have to, you have to engage and meet the incoming students. And so um, we kind of pivoted and we have been sending direct messages uh, on Instagram to, to incoming freshmen. And the way we kind of identify them is we, we've kind of partnered with every, every campus for the most part that I've come across has a freshman incoming student page. Totally. So at Georgia state, it might be GSU class of 2024 page. Right. We, we've kind of partnered with those pages and um, through the, that relationship, gotten some access to some of the students and sent direct messages and just kind of introduced ourselves and, and basically just said, Hey, we, we would love to connect with you. We know this is a weird season, but if you have any questions about, um, Atlanta or about uh, life at Georgia State or whatever campus it is uh, we'd love to help you out and um, that's been really really cool and we've gotten um, surprisingly a pretty great response to that so that's been one of the pivots that we've had to make this summer and then looking ahead to this fall um, our churches our network of churches we um, will not meet um, in, in person again for the rest of this year Yep. And so um, early 2021 will be the, the earliest that we'll be coming back for indoor in-person gatherings. So we may try some outdoor things, but for us right now as a college ministry, we are um, planning on 
uh, our fall semester being fully online and streaming services every Monday night um, from our YouTube page. And then uh, most of our small groups will meet on Zoom. And so we're going to try to make that as engaging, as exciting as possible. Yes. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of where we're at. So I, in one hand, it feels like everything has changed. But then on the other hand, um, I think when you look at it from a different perspective, you realize um, a lot, everything hasn't changed. Our mission is still the same. Uh, just in the season, it maybe looks a little bit different. And so we're still um, trying to reach college students and inspire them to follow Jesus. And we still want to be a home away from home for college students. And a place where they can belong. And we really, I think in this season, more than ever, maybe are reminded that the church is not um, just a building, that it's actually a body and it's people. And uh, so really we're, we're, we're having to go back and kind of um, rethink about things, reimagine things and be creative and innovative in this season. But honestly, I'm, I'm so grateful for it because I think it's challenged us in a lot of ways. And I think coming out of this season, whenever we do um, officially come out and kind of uh, re-enter back into um, to normalcy or re-enter back into the new normal. I think we're gonna le- we're gonna have learned a lot, and we're gonna be um, so much better for it. Um, not just as a college ministry, but as a church, and uh, and just as followers of Jesus. And so, um, honestly, I'm, I'm 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 bummed that that it's this fall is not gonna look the way that it normally looks because there's so many um, incredible moments that. I'm having to kind of grieve or I'm like, man, I'm not going to see people that I haven't seen in a while. And we're not going to get to kind of welcome the new, new students, you know, and, and see their faces when they walk in and just realize that, oh man, like there's other people here and other Christians and other college students. But, um, but, but I'm really excited about the opportunities that we have. And uh, I'm really excited to learn um, what, whatever I'm going to learn in this season. And I just, I'm believing that God, um, God's going to do some amazing things and he's going to show us some incredible things and none of this surprised God. And so right. he, he has a plan. He's in control and uh, it's going to be really cool to see what he does in the days ahead. Well, and what a time to be a leader. I think whether we're, um, you know, whether it's you, Matt, or whether it's Mike and I, or we're listening or we're learning or we're leading, I think in any of those camps and categories, when you look at it, like what a unique time to, to learn this, to lead through this. And at the same time, I love what you said that many things have changed, but many things haven't changed. Yeah. And so looking at like why and asking, doing a self-reflection of why am I doing this mm-hmm. and doing like a ministry reflection, like why are we existing in the first place? What, yeah. can we, what can we do? Maybe we're challenged, but how can we get creative? Um, our creator created us to create. So mm-hmm. I think all of those things are huge because this is a real time to learn and to live and to lead and to love. And speaking of leadership, I know, um, I think that two of Micah and I's favorite leaders are mm-hmm. Andy Stanley and Clay Scroggins. And I'm pretty sure that we both have read almost yeah. everything that they've each mm-hmm. written been in on, online a lot. And so what we want to ask you is, can you share about like, okay, four and a half years in this church environment, can you share about like what it's been like um, for you working with them, for them, and, and within North Point Ministries, and then at Buckhead Church specifically? Yeah. Yeah, well, same story for me. I mean, growing up, um, I followed been following Andy Stanley for a long, long time, listening to his, his messages and reading his books. And then same way with clay. And so 
the cool thing is, is um, a couple of years ago, I actually got the opportunity to kind of work directly under Andy. He, he was the campus pastor here at Buckhead for right. about a year and a half or so. And um, now Clay is, is our campus pastor here at Buckhead. So I've gotten kind of the unique opportunity to not only um, work um, at Buckhead Church and, and have Andy be kind of our, our point leader, but I've also gotten the opportunity to have Andy be our, be my um, kind of our, our boss here at the campus level. And so that's been incredible. And, and I think really, I guess everything you'd imagine about the two of them as leaders, um, that's what it is. Um, and I'm assuming that you're imagining really positive, amazing things. For sure. They're, they're incredible leaders and yeah. they are um, both just, I mean, the way they think is, is incredible. And they're just, I'll never forget it. Andy had been here at Buckhead for a couple of weeks and, you know, it's kind of like, Oh my goodness. Like, growing up coming to conferences seeing Andy speak you know watching him on so many stages and screens and now I'm just like seeing him you know walk and get in the same elevator as I'm getting in Buckhead Church is kind of a a different setup and we have escalators and elevators in the church and so anyways like hopping on in the morning coming up to my office and being like hey Andy you know and so but I'll never forget it. The first couple of weeks here, I, I went to, to eat my lunch and grabbed it out of the refrigerator kind of in our, in our staff break room area and there he is, and Andy comes and sits down at the table next to me, and he eats his pe peanut butter and jelly that he packed from home and opened up a little bag of some pretzels, and I was like, this is, this is so awesome. <laughs> so anyways, I don't know why I remember that, because that doesn't really say anything about him as a leader, but I guess in some ways it does, and so, but no, they're, they're both incredible, and the way they believe in you, um, their vision, and uh, just... Uh, their courage um, leadership is it takes courage because there's um, especially when you're leading um, lots of people um, it's hard and uh, it's you know it's awesome to lead a lot, a lot of people but it's also you know leading a lot of people there's lots of different things that can come up and so uh, the way that they handle that and and just their um, yeah the way that they're so loving and and they they I mean I, like things will come up and it's like oh they could just let someone else handle that issue and they'll pick up the phone and, and call the person up and say, Hey, I'd love to go to lunch with you. And uh, it's just amazing. And so I, I could not say enough good things about Andy Stanley and Clay Scroggins. It's, it's a real honor to get to work underneath them and get to um, just uh, follow their leadership. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it. That's so fun. It's so amazing to hear that by the sounds of it, they're the same people as they are on stage as they Absolutely. are in the elevator. Yeah. And I think those are leaders that anybody can get behind sure. and know that they're being led in the right direction and not being led astray. And that the characteristics of Christ are hopefully shining through and they're constantly, you know, taking their leadership and relationship with the Lord to the next level. So uh, one of my favorite books is actually um, Clay's book. Um, and it is how to lead when you're not in charge. So if you're yeah. listening today and you have For not sure. read that, that completely changed my mind, like the way that I thought as a leader, but also knowing that in the role that I've always experienced, I'm going to need to submit to some form of authority aside from Christ, aside from God, whatever you want to say, but there's always a form of leadership above me that I'm going to answer yeah. the accountability and to, I don't know. I just took so many takeaways. I remember listening to it like two or three times um, and I kept listening to it over and over and I was like, oh my word, where was this five years ago when I was just Seriously. starting out? Right, right. And I'm Seriously. like, yeah. 
oh my word, I should have never responded this way. Oh, I should have processed this probably that way. Oh, I should have encouraged that leader versus showed them all the flaws, you know? Yeah. So if you're listening and you really Highly want to become a better leader, mm-hmm. and if you're being led by somebody else to understand, like, how do you truly lead when you're not in charge? Mind blowing. Like, Clay Scroggins, thank you so much. But we're going to lead into this next section right here. And Matt, we have something fun that we like to do in okay. our podcast. And that is called five in five. So yep. it's your five final thoughts within five minutes. So these wow. are kind of rapid fire. So okay. if you're looking up and you're ready to go. <laughs> Let's do um, it. I'm nervous, but I'm for it. <laughs> not because of this, because of, that, because of that storm out there. That's why I'm doing it. Lightning and thunder. I'm telling you, this storm is, I'm sure your listeners are like, why is it storming in December? <laughs> Well, we'll see why in a few months, right? All right, so I can kick us off with that first question. Is that go all right? For it. Yeah, five and five. You Ooh. ready, Matt? Here we go. I'm Let's ready. All right. Question number one, Matt. If you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Man, is this okay? I'm going to describe myself as I hope um, people experience me. But yeah, I think one would be um, humble. Uh, I don't know if I need to give like a rationale for each one, but I'm not going to humble, uh, encouraging, love to encourage people. And I'd say positive. Um, I'm a real positive, optimistic type of guy. So fun. I'm learning more about you. And so are our listeners. And so speaking of words, you know, those are the words you chose to describe you, but also like, are there any words that you live by? It might be a axiom in leadership. It might be sure. It might be a verse or scripture, but are there any words that you're like, I really live by that and try to embody that? Mm, Great question. Um, I think for me, uh, I mean, one of the, I guess the words that I live by, if you would tie it to kind of a scripture, um, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him, I'll make your path straight. And so I think that would, um, if you kind of sum that up, that would be a word um, that I try to live by is just trust um, of trusting God and, um, and yeah, just following him, um, being willing to, to go where he leads. And so that would probably be, I guess, an axiom, if you will, um, of, of, of a word that I try to live by is just trusting God more than I trust myself, trusting his plans more than I trust my own. Um, yeah. All right. Well, Matt, we are going to trust that this next question is going to be a good one. So we're we're going to throw you. Here's a curveball coming your way. So here's it. Here it is, Matt. If you could ask us one question today, what would that be? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've been thinking about this. If I could ask you one question, and this is, this is going to be a tough one. I think the question I would ask you is, um, if you could ask God one question right now and get a direct answer, what would it be? The pause is us thinking deeply. Holy cow. <laughs> I told you I'm coming in. I'm coming in. I love it. There's so many like on a theological level questions that I have yet to find an answer for that I'd love to know. And I think that, um, you know, I think that one of them would be, for myself and for other people, the way I take the question is like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've yet to find an answer in scripture or from God exactly like how he chooses which prayers to answer Mm. and which prayers to pause on or, you know, and he answers it both ways. And similarly, like 
we pray for healing for individuals. Sometimes they're miraculously healed and -hmm. sometimes their healing is in heaven. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'd love to know, like, I'm so thankful that he's God and I'm not, but I'd love to know and have a framework of God, how does that work? Right. Yeah. Wow. Great question. Oh man. Okay. So I kind of have one for myself, but one for others too. So one of my, I guess, healthy fears in life is to not live life to its fullest. And when I get to heaven, would I be able to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Yeah. So I think my question would be for God right now, is my life and what I've been given, am I stewarding it well? And am I on, am I trajectory, is the trajectory of which you've called me to, am I on course? Like Mm. where is my compass on course and am I stewarding that well? So am I living my life to its fullest? Not in my whatever amount of years I live, but every day. And the second question I have, and this is just my mind being blown, just thinking about that last night when I was eating pizza, was like, Lord, <laughs> like, what what was here before you were? Like, people say, well, it was just black. There was nothing. But if black is not a color, then what is like space and time? Like, I don't know. My mind's just blown around that. So I'm like, Lord, yeah. what did you create? And if you've always been, what what, what was before you? If there was nothing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's no answer those, for that right those now. Are great, those are great questions for sure. I love that. I love that. Is God speaking an answer to our deep questions too, Matt? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But man, big questions. So that's sorry, funny. that was probably putting you way on the spot. That's those no, are that's good. Tough, tough. How did we do? Did we? Did we? I, I think you did well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a a lot of people. That's a common question, kind of asking God about the will of God and, Hey, um, you know, what's your will for my life? Like, am I, am I on the right path of, of living life to the full? And then, Hey, what's your will when it comes to God? Like, like answering my prayers, like you were talking about Josiah, I think those are huge questions and uh, questions that Mm -hmm. even people who aren't Christians, I think have, have probably thought about before of just, Hey, if there is a God, um, what does he have? what does he think about me or what's his plan for my life? What does he want to do in and through me in my time here on this earth? You know, I mean, I think um, so many people think about that. So yeah, it's great. It's amazing. So back to you, Matt, deep question. This is four or five. What's the greatest challenge you're facing right now? Oh man. Great, great question. The greatest challenge I'm facing right now. Um, probably, uh, just trying to figure out how to, how to, um, balance everything really well um in this season it feels really challenging to develop a rhythm um in life because uh, all of your rhythms feel like um they've just been thrown out of whack like I, I i don't know if you've ever been in the car before with like someone who i call it has like song add where they're constantly changing the next song like they they have like their phone you know and it's hooked up to bluetooth and like as soon as the song gets like to the good part they just change it and you're like what are you doing? Like, why'd you just change the song a minute and a half in? They're like, oh, I just wanted a new one, you know? That's it's my how... best with the remote. You never give them a remote. Yeah. You watch yeah, or like... shows in 30 minutes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can do it with, that, with TV as well. And like, you just, I, I feel like life right now feels very similarly in the fact of like, as soon as you feel like you're finding a rhythm and you're like, oh, okay, like I'm, I'm kind of feeling the beat here. I'm, I'm picking up on things it's like things change, you know, and it's like, oh, you find out that that can no longer happen or this is canceled. And so um, anyways, I think right now for me, the biggest challenge is just trying to figure out how to um, be a great um, husband, 
uh, a great dad. My wife and I have, have one little girl, um, Willow, you mentioned her up top. And so yes. trying to be a great dad, Willow's turning two in just a couple of months. Um, yeah. By the time this drops, she will have, she'll, she'll be two. She turns two in October of this year. And so um, trying to be a great dad, trying to be a great friend, a great son, a great brother, um, a great leader, a great pastor. And so really in this season right now, it just seems, man, how, how can I develop rhythms where I can kind of have a healthy balance and keep things in their proper place? Um, I, I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges right now in this season for me. Totally. That's good. I think a lot of people are there, Matt. So a lot of our listeners can re- resonate with what you just said. And Matt, here's your final question. Five and right. five. If you could tell a group of pastors and young adult leaders something today, what in the world would you share with them? Oh, man. Um, I think short and sweet, I would just say you're doing better than you think you are. Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I haven't been in ministry too long. I know there's probably people listening that have been in ministry way longer than I have been. People that have been been at this for 20 plus years, maybe even longer. And so I think I just tell them that though. It, it, it feels like um, oftentimes what you're doing is not making a difference, that it doesn't really matter, that no one would care if you stop doing what you're doing. Um, but man, that's not true. Um, that's, that's a lie that the enemy wants you to believe and keep going. What you're doing is making a difference. Um, and uh, so I think that's, that's the encouragement I would give. That's the encouragement I, I, I've tried to give myself consistently. Mm-hmm especially in this season, but not just now, I mean, all the time. And so, um, again, I think the enemy is going to try to, to, to convince you that what you're doing doesn't really matter. Um, it's not making a difference. You're not impacting anyone. It's not significant, but it's just the opposite. And, um, and, and like I've said, um, going into this fall, even if um, our whole online ministry even if, even if we did it and it just reached and impacted one person, then it would be worth it. Right. And so whoever you are, wherever you are right now, even if you're just impacting the life of one individual, then it is worth it and keep going and, um, and, and just, yeah, tell yourself, remind yourself that you're, you're doing better than you think you are. So what a phenomenal encouragement to end on and to, to leave with Matt and just to drive that home that like, the Lord sees you. He believes in you. We, we may not see you or we might see you. And either way, we believe in you. We're here for you. We just want to be biggest cheerleaders to, yeah. to say, keep going. Don't give up. And Matt, I just want to thank you for your vulnerability, the transparency, yeah. for sharing this time together. And there's so many takeaways. And even just one quick takeaway is how open you are. And things that you're challenged by right now, things that you're adapting to right now, man. And if you're listening, you can find out more about Matt Noblet and the Living Room in Atlanta when you connect with us at youngadults.today, as well as across all social media platforms to just youngadults.today. So until next time, this is Mike and Josiah Keneally signing off with Matt Noblet. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. No problem. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now.